Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. G'day everybody, Aaron Noonan here. Great to have you with me. It is another edition of the V8 Salute Podcast powered by Repco. And this week, it's part two of my two-part chat with Steve Ellery. Now, I did this podcast at the end of August in Queensland when I was on a bit of a week tour of podcasts. There's a bunch of those still to be produced and still to be published in upcoming weeks and months. But this one, we really cover a serious amount of ground with a guy who was a driver, a team owner, competed in two litres, V8s, Formula Ford, a bit of everything along the way. Here in part two with Steve, we get into some really meaty topics. We talk about that amazing double podium finish at Sandown and Bathurst with Luke Gilden in 2003. We cover the unique situation of his sponsor's stickers being taken off the car mid-race weekend. That came the next year on the Gold Coast. We talk about the decision to stop running his own family team, how he came to arrive at and leave Triple Eight, as well as the full-time deal to drive a Commodore that he turned down in the aftermath. Steve also tackles the National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions, where you have your chance to fire a few in, and the top 10 shootout as well. Enough of me, time to buckle up. Let's start part two of Steve Ellery on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. So let's get to 2003. Yeah. This is where we, this is the good, this is the really good stuff. It's a good year. <laughs> it's a great year. We're, we're, we're back going. Well, the so. last few have been good years too, so it's not all, all Yeah, no, all no, terrible. no, exactly. So um, I remember that in, so in 2001, Jeff Brabham did the injuries with you. In yep. 02, though, you went for youth and Luke Yulden. Yeah. But I think you also tested Owen Kelly at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we he was in the mix as well. Owen Kelly. Um, possibly Steve Owen as well, maybe even came. But the mix was the idea was to try to find a young bloke who could pair up with you and be part of the team and yeah, wanted, know, wanted somebody that um, that would work with us and and we could control, I guess. Mm. Yeah, um, like you're not then every year trying to find someone to you go. No, no, you're our bloke. Yeah, in you go. I wasn't Come necessarily up. after the fastest guy. I was after a guy that we believed that we could control. Um, and Luke came to the test. Owen, Owen Kelly was the fastest, um, but Luke wasn't far away. But in in every step, everything we asked him to do, he did without wavering. Hmm. And we knew we had our guy. Um, it was just a matter of how do we get the miles into Luke um, for Bathurst. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the development series back in those days, it might have been the Conica series at the time. I think it was, yeah. Jeez, we're um, showing our age now yeah, and it's Conica. Yeah, well, there was – kids, there was this thing before Super 2. Yeah, called it the Conica, Conica series. series. Exactly. Conica used to do these things called photocopiers. Yep, I think they still right. do. I don't know. <laughs> they, yeah. they still do. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, you know, we Luke got some miles in that in one of our old cars – um, I remember 2003 Bathurst pretty clearly. I remember getting there and cutting the first two laps in that car and radioing, radioing to him in the pits and going, this thing is so fast. Um, I'm getting out, put Luke in for the rest of the session. And we did a lot of that. Luke, Luke did a hell of a lot of laps that year in that car leading up to the race. Mm. And I didn't do many at all. But I drove the car all year, so I didn't necessarily need to. Um, but, you know, Luke, Luke did an exceptional job for us. We were very happy to, to have Luke with us. Well, Sandown was the second place with you guys. Yep. Bathurst was third, so two, yep. two podiums and the two big races. But Sandown, like, it hailed. Like, it's been <laughs> so crappy there in many years. But hailed. that was the worst because it actually hailed, hailed. hard. Like, yep. Nasty. And Jason Richards nearly took Mark Scaife out and we nearly won the race. <laughs> and somehow he managed to drive that car back onto the track. I don't know how. Um, there was a team full of people hoping he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they all had red jackets on him. Not at HRT, down in and your garage. Luke was in the car. 
um, which I was very thankful for because I didn't want to drive the car in a hail. Um, so I give Luke all the credit for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I will always, and it's quoted in places, and and I remember it vividly too, that the that they didn't tell Luke where he was running. No. So when he crossed the line to finish second to Scaife, that Wally Walburn, Ian Walburn, got on the radio yep. and said, "Lukey, you've just finished second to the Mighty Holden Racing Team," That's or exactly something. Right. Actually, yep. you know what? I won't do it. Let's insert the audio here from the tape of what yep. he said on the day. <laughs> What a great effort too from this young man, Luke Yulden in car 31. And Stephen Ellery, the super cheap auto Ford, playing second position. Their best ever finish. Beauty, Luke, that's the go, mate. You know what position you finished in? How me? P2, Luke, P2 to the mighty old race team. <laughs> the words he wanted to hear. And Luke Yulden deserves to be congratulated on surviving an incredibly tough day and his first crack at Sandown in a V8 supercar. That's exactly right Um, because we knew he had his hands full and we didn't want to put any extra pressure on him so we just let him go out there and do his job. And he did a good um, job. He got a very nice surprise. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He would have got a better surprise if we had have said to him he just won. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Finishing second HRT felt like winning. Mm. And Sandown again. It's, yep. a, it's a pivotal place as I think about our chat. Formula Ford debut, yep. Sierra Touring Car debut, winning your first supercar race, yep. that great result. Yeah. It's a good place. I'd you. always like to think that we always put ourselves there and there and abouts in the, in the 500 as well. Like it wasn't always at Sandown. It moved around a bit in mm. Phillip Island, um, Queensland, Queensland Raceway. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe at, at those events we didn't really, but Sandown was a track I really liked um, and its low-grip nature suited suited us and like going on a street circuit, mm. um, you know, and so I always felt Sandown we were always fairly strong there as well. Was the plan, I mean, because you had him in the development series during the year to give him miles to get ready for the for the Enduros, was your plan to try to find a way to go to two main game cars yep. along the journey there? And Absolutely. It, it never quite happened. Was it trying to find a licence, the money, we the backing? We were trying to find the backing. We 2004 was the year that we were probably going to go to two cars. Um, you know, what we did in 2003 certainly helped with, with assisting us to start to find the money to get it done. Um, but it wasn't as easy as it turned out to be. It, Getting another car was really difficult. Um, it eventually never happened. Mm. Um, but we we had um, very close to a two-car team with Cameron McLean driving the second car. For, um, we just couldn't for? come up for the money to get Luke in one. Right. It was pretty much that simple. So when was the McLean? That was earlier. It came midway through 2004, I think, when we were we super cheap had required that we go to two cars. Um, so we, we wanted to anyway, so it was perfect. So we were working towards that. Um, but getting the money together for the second car wasn't so easy. Like super cheap, we're contributing X more, um, but we still needed to fund it. Mm. And, you know, I think at the time we were talking to Cameron, he was, they were able to bring some money, um, to tie off the deal. Whereas we just, we couldn't, couldn't get that with Luke. Mm. Um, and that was the sticking point there. We would love to, to have put Luke in, in a car. Um, but as it was rolling on, it was unlikely to happen, mm. um, just just through finances. Mm. But then, um, you know, political stuff happened, so. The roller coaster hits again. The it's, roller coaster hits again. Yeah. So second at Sandown, third at Bathurst. The, third, the first podium at Bathurst in 96 is special because it's the first and yep. it's a breakthrough. Yep. But to do it with your own team yep. coming off the back of that sand down, yep. oh, that's that's yep. tough to top. That's The cool. greatest couple of months in our motor racing lives, um, clearly. Mm. Um, Sandown 500 was a race that, as, as you know, I'd been to since about 86 and, you know, couldn't believe that here I am standing second on the podium at Sandown. And then, um, you know, only a few weeks later back then, it wasn't, wasn't long between races, um, we're third at Bathurst and Murph and Lowndes are only just there. Like circumstances during the day, it would have been, could have turned out very easily for us to be in front mm. when it mattered. So, you know, we were so close. We were only seconds away from winning Bathurst. Mm. 
um, which was, you know, that to us was winning Bathurst. Um, it was almost like a class win when you're up against yeah. the big ticket teams with the big yeah. budgets and the double cars. We were genuinely fast. Like yeah, you didn't have people fall over. We had and you speed that skated year. your way through. Genuine you were genuinely speed. There. Yeah, yeah. And um, Luke did a did everything we asked him to do. Um, probably in the end, the car was probably a couple of spots further back than it needed to be, and we just couldn't quite get back to first. But we were in first a lot of the day. Um, we controlled a lot of the part of the day. Um, just you can't control safety cars and mm. things like that. Things mm. fall when you don't want them to mm. sometimes, and. That's life. That's, um, but definitely the proudest moment of my my motor racing career was that that that's, month. But that's you know, a, the third at Bathurst. Yeah, it's a good month. Like it's a pretty hard a month, month. The top when you can yeah. put it together at that point. So yeah. so the want to go to two cars is there. It doesn't quite happen. No. Two thousand and four. Um, so you've been going for five years by this stage. So you've you know, does it get to the point though where you go, how do we take this next step? How can we you're trying to do two yeah. cars. You're trying to find more money. You're trying to – does that constantly become We had this? a bit of an issue. Craig Gore had started his team up the road um, and he was throwing quite a fair bit of money around and for whatever reason decided that he'd go after us and poach, poach from us. So, you know, Wally, Craig Hastead and Stewie, who was my number one mechanic at the time um, – all left and went there. So we got sort of decimated mm. um, and we never really recovered from it. Mm. Um, you know, Pete Wallace ended up coming in and doing engines for us and I'd known Pete forever through Formula Ford and everything mm. and, and I got a lot of time for Pete and we did the best that we could. We, we got the thing going pretty well. Um, you know, I worked with various engineers after Wally left and we just couldn't get the consistency back mm. anymore. It's sort of 2004 was a really tough year because of that. But then the second half of the year, you know, Cameron's dad, John, came in and started running the team and we started to, started to get ourselves back mm. and get some personnel back. And, but I don't know what was going on behind the scenes with Super Cheap and things like that. I, 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 don't, I don't really know exactly what happened, but... You know, they did what they did and pulled out on us and um, we were left standing, holding, almost holding this second wreck that we were just about to buy as well. So um, we'd gone a long way with setting the two cars up. It cost us a lot of money to get to where we'd got to mm. and then it just got ripped away from us. So it was really, really bizarre circumstances. Well, it's probably – I'm thinking to recent times with um, – <laughs> Zach Best at the bend is running a wild card for Tickford yeah. and it's got no stickers on it. Yeah. Then he gets pole, so we better put some stickers on it. But your comment the other way, it had stickers on it for the Gold Coast 04, then it didn't have stickers on it part way through the, way, the race part weekend. Part way through the race, yeah, yeah. Like um, I, I don't know exactly how long before qualifying, but a court, we got a court ruling just prior to qualifying that we weren't allowed to have any super cheap branding on our car, uniforms, anything. On the basis of that they're they, out or that they were not, out, yeah, yeah, clearly they for were. the next year. Yeah, well, from there on, they were. But they had a, had a commitment now. that year, though. They that still had a commitment with us, but they just withdrew their commitment because they were going. They went into PWR. The no one, year, no one would stand up as a man and tell us. We knew hmm. what was going on. You just wanted to have someone. No one front would stand you. up as a man and tell us what was going on. And when the court injunction came, we, we were stuck because we're, we're like, well, we've got this car with super cheap all over it. I've got uniform with super cheap all over it. All of our crew have got super cheap all over it. It's pretty not hard to hide. To one. <laughs> it's a lot of tape you're going to need to cover this so, stuff up. Thank God Ford brought a truck to the race meetings and they had race suits, shirts and everything um, when they would do ride days. Yeah. And so we were able to get a bunch of shirts and that off them. I remember we taped my bloody my race suit up, <laughs> had black tape all over it, um, and we went out and qualified. And I actually think we qualified all right. Actually, um, I think we went less out and stickers, did all right. less weight, yeah, go faster. <laughs> um, uh, look, I can't, I can't remember all of the circumstances around why Super Cheap went and did what they did. 
but I, I presume it had something to do with the wheels that convinced them that they could run a two-car next team, two-car team next year with Greg Murphy. And they looked at Murph as a bigger name than me and a better chance. Super cheap. I've always wanted to win Bathurst, you know, a car, a super cheap mm. car to win Bathurst. Um, and so I think they saw that as a better opportunity for them. And Which would you have been if, if you'd been fronted and, they, and someone had said, hey, look, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it. You might not have liked it, but mm. you, might, you would have rather hear it and go, okay, I wouldn't we have get, liked it anyway that it happened because we had. But a, you could respect that someone fronted you to tell you. We had a deal for the following year. Oh, so it was. Know? Oh, sorry. I, I was of the thought that the deal was up that year anyway. But no, it, there was no, a deal no, for the next no. year. No, Dad had met Bob Thorne, um, which they did every year, and they had done the deal. Um, paperwork hadn't been done, but the deal was done. They they shook on it, um, and the deal was done. Um, so for us, it was just awesome. Let's move forward. This mm. is this is the next step now. Yep. Like we were a Ford-sponsored team. We had backing from the factory. Um, so we were ready to go. And then you go to um, you go to Indy and that happens. Mm. And, you know, I, I have Keith's wheel um, standing out the back of our, our tent or whatever it was that we worked out of back then telling us that he was not talking super cheap auto when I knew that he was. Um, like and... And the Bob Thorne thing, you know, it was just all really strange. And, um, you know, the next day after Indy, everyone found out what was going on anyway. Everyone knew what was going on anyway. Um, and, you know, I was just disappointed the way the whole thing went down. Like I said, someone could have at least just been honest mm. in the whole thing. It didn't – I did not have to go down the way it went down. Mm. And, you know – Super cheap. Um, I don't think I've even had a car on the podium at Bathurst since. So, I'll uh, see. History might say whether they made the right choice. Mm. <laughs> so, did you, um, did that go on after that, or did you just put the swords down and go, oh, we'll move on here, or did it well, go legal, or where did it It was too end? late in the season. There was no way in the world. I, I think, um, you know, we're talking September, October, maybe. So there was no way in the world we could find the money to run a car the following season in that short time frame. We were, we were all of a sudden really stuck and you've got a wreck that tells you you've got to run all the rounds of the Or else you get fined if you don't turn up. And we wouldn't have even been able to afford to pay the fine. And so, um, you know, we got desperate and I think Bridie was looking for another, another wreck. Um, so when it became obvious that we, we weren't going to find the budget to go racing the following year, we offloaded the wreck and um, um, the triple eight thing came together <laughs> um, late mm. at the last minute. So so the, with the way, though, that you were, you know, and I look back at that V8 supercar era that it depends on who you are in your era, but that era of that early 2000s, if you, you could run a, a team – with the te- the wreck money, the franchise money that was coming in, yeah. a sponsor, some more sponsors, bit of help, budget. Like what sort of? I mean, you didn't have to go and find. You know, it's gone up and up and up over the journey. <laughs> but the the franchise money at the time was pretty solid for particularly yeah. level one. Yeah, level two was not getting much though. We mm. we weren't getting much at all. But um, but yeah, there was still money there. Mm. <laughs> and did you have to help? prop this up along the way or was it a case of as long as it wipes its own nose, it's good? Yeah, no, Chalgrave still tipped money in. We, we still had the Chalgrave on the car, so Chalgrave still tipped money in. It wasn't a lot but pretty much um, where we where we missed with sponsorship, Chalgrave would top that up. Mm. Um, but to run a car fully for the year, there's no way in the world the business would have been able to afford mm. that. So mm. that was... Yeah, like I say, we got we got to the point where we just we had to do what we had to do, mm. um, and we decided that I'd go and try and find something mm. somewhere else, and give up on the idea of running running our own team. So, you know, you you go back and there's all these years in the middle of all these great years. So 2004, you look at, and 2004 is not a great year. Mm. You know, it's another one of these roller coaster down slopes. And then all of a sudden you get picked up and you're going to drive for Triple Eight. So 
And how did that – Emotional journey. Yeah, I was going to say this This is a hell of an episode or two. How, how does – is this you ringing Roland, Roland ringing you? How does Triple – so they've just got Craig Lowndes. So they've got a big yes. piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And having spoken to Roland about this, this was about them knowing if they've got Craig Lowndes and they're still not winning, then their cars are not – you know, they're not there yet. Yeah. But if they're winning, like they've got a known quantity thing. Yes. So – how did this come to be? Is it a case of, well, like they had a wholesale change, Radisich and Wilson out, yep. Lowndes and Ellery in. So how yep. do you end up at Triple Eight? And where else could you have gone? What else was being talked about? At the well, time? the Triple Eight thing came up. I, look, the exact the exact contact, I don't, I don't exactly remember, but the engine program that they were putting together the following year had a bit of a shortfall. Um, so I know there was there was a financial investment from us to go there, mm. um, but it wasn't it wasn't like absurd. It, you know, it was decent request what they were asking, and it didn't bother us at all. Um, mm. We were happy to do it. It was a great opportunity, and so you know that's pretty much how it came about. The deal was done. Um, I went went overseas for a few weeks, came back and um, got straight into working working with Triple Eight. And Mark Dutton was my engineer that year, and um, you know, I absolutely loved the year. Um, I was heartbroken at the end of it. Mm. I absolutely loved the year. I really enjoyed my time at at Triple Eight. We talked earlier about I think there was a the, it was sort of <laughs> this thing first half of the year. Was a, like there was a crash in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, was one in Pookie as Oran well? Oran Park is yeah. another one as well. No, the bloody cars. Um, I think Craig and I might have qualified first and second or something to Pukekohe and neither of them started on the grid. Oh, that's right. The batteries had wound <laughs> down because there'd, the, there'd been the big crash with Berto and Dumbrell and everyone that's was right. parked up waiting and it was nearly dark by the time yeah. we ended up and there. And we go to start the cars and neither of them went. <sighs> that was our Pukekohe, yeah, yeah. But no, 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 I crashed the car at... At, at Adelaide, um, I had hit the fence. Like I qualified third. I was running fourth or whatever it was. I was just – I was cruising. Like really I was just in – I was in cruise mode. I was in no man's land in fourth. I think Lowndes was behind me by seconds. Richards was in front of me by seconds and I was really comfortable. Maybe too comfortable and I made a little mistake and I hit a fence. And when I come past, I said, oh, can you just check the front – Splitter and make sure everything's fine. Yep, everything's fine. Um, everything looks good. Continue. And just as I'm about to turn into turn eight down the back straight, I feel a massive vibration. And I think the splitter fell off there. Oh, the, un- the under tray part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've run over it. And because you only need to miss turn eight by an inch and you're dead. So <laughs> I missed it by a foot. <laughs> Bang, concrete. And um, that, was a, that was a decent, decent shunt because I wasn't expecting to go off so yeah that that was that um and the Oran Park one um you know I think I could have even been fastest in practice I was I was really in a groove and um I jammed my foot between the the brake pedal and the and the accelerator Ugh. and I hit that concrete fence coming on to the last the, the the last corner I was gonna say so down that run and then straight and up and in the fence and that fence that fence doesn't argue so um, you know, I thought they probably could have fixed that car overnight, but they didn't, and that's that's that. So, um, mm. you know, there were a couple of horrible, horrible rounds there. But the second half of the year, enduro time, yeah, Sandown, <laughs> solid, <laughs> Bath- Bathurst, third without a macro. So you guys scored Triple Eight's first Bathurst one thousand podium, yeah, and that's the race yeah. that that team. That's why Roland came to Australia. That's right. That's the race. He, yep. he covets the yep. the one thousand more than the championship, yep. which. Different people have different. Now, I knew how I know how much that, or knew how much it meant to him, mm. Bathurst. Um, I really think that day Adam and I could have won it. It's another one that gets away, um, but the gearbox broke and it was jumping out of gears in my last stint. Um, you know, if Murphy and and um, oh, Ambrose, Ambrose didn't have shunt. their famous shunt, I was in some serious trouble because they were coming and they were coming fast. Um, and when that happened, it was sort of like, thank God they're <laughs> gone. Go to them. Uh, <laughs> the gearbox still might not get us home yet, but um, in the end we got home third and um, it was a really good result for the team and everybody 
um, for a hard year that they'd worked. They were still working on trying to get Craig the championship. Um, but that Bathurst didn't go very well for Craig and, you know, the championship was probably, you know, hindsight was probably lost there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, hitting the wall, Watts linkage, then a wheel through the window and, yeah, you yeah. had it all going on that day. So, you know, um, it's another one that got away. The car was fast. Mm. Um, you know, the second we put – the second I went out in warm-up on Sunday morning, we had full tanks of fuel. I remember getting on the radio just going, wow. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> That's what the thing needed all weekend, fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get – having driven your cars for so many years, you get into that car and go – like night and day difference or, oh, geez, our things are actually pretty good? Or- no, not, our thing was pretty good, not night and day different. Where the night and day difference was was the amount of people they had working for them. Resource. And the level of people they had working yeah. for them. Yeah, um, Like I've been really lucky. Like I've worked with some really, really good engineers over the years and like I rate Campbell Little as high as they come. Um, but Mark Dutton... He's probably one of the smartest people I've ever worked with when it comes to setting up a race car. Mm. Um, some of the cars he gave me, I'd never driven anything like it. Yeah, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, yep. Rockets in a real good way. So we didn't have the knack of being able to switch it on together all the time, but when mm. we did, um, it was good, and we clicked. That was good, mm. and especially the second half of the season, it was really clicking. Mm. Yeah. So. 2005 Triple Eight. That's when they really get rolling. Yep. A couple of years of finding their way and stuff breaking and yep. learning the category. All right, they got a bloke in Lowndes who's the star, you know, yep. Cap- Captain Smiley, all that stuff, but yeah, can they, go. They, they attracted Campbell. And Campbell, and Little's a lot of there. Good guys to yeah. the team. They and, really and got the personnel and right. And they grabbed, you know, they cultivated the good, the Briggs people who they kept on and yep. the Duddos and the Jeremy Moores and, yep. and those guys. So in 05, yep. Now you're thinking, all right, and yep. this when is, you, the stress I, I, of the I'd team found, thing's gone. and I had found a place that I, I felt at home at right from the second I walked into the place and I wanted to build a career there. Mm. I was – the first half of the year hadn't gone to plan but I had never been in a team like it before so it took me so long to get my head around – Working in such a big team and having Craig as a teammate um, was hard. Mm. Even though Craig and I have known each other for a long time and I've raced against him a lot, it was very difficult having Craig as a teammate and it took me a long time to find to find my place and then get going. Mm. Um, but I had. I'd worked really, really hard. Um, what was difficult about it? Because he was so fast or because – he oh, was just so unique in the Craig's way he very, goes very about quick. it. Yeah, yeah. He, he drove a supercar very well um, and took took me a long time to get my head around. Like there's a part of it where you've got a guy winning a race and, you know, me finishing 16th. Uh, Craig might qualify third and I qualify 12th. And so you're looking at the difference and you're looking at the graphs and there's no difference. It's like where's, where's the speed, you know. Um, it was – but – Working within a big team as well where for the years prior I had a team that was built around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what well, was called Steve Ellery <laughs> Racing, right. so, you know, fair so point. Solely built around me. So then you go to this other team that's being built around, obviously being built around Craig, but they want me to be involved as well. Mm. And, you know, it just took me a while to fit in personally. Mm. They welcomed me in as part of the family right from the start. Just took me a while to get get into the groove mm. of working within such a big operation, and like I say, having Craig, like you know, you go you go to a, a merchandise autograph session, and the amount of people that line up for Craig's just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> like some people wouldn't even want me to even look at them. <laughs> so who are you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was difficult, but I enjoyed it. Like I said, at the end of that, I didn't want to leave, and I really enjoyed it and I, f- I felt like I belonged there. Mm. I really did. And, you know, it's kudos to them too for making me feel like that. Um, I really enjoyed that year. It was a great year. Mm. Um, I just wish it finished different, <laughs> but that's life. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. 
Simply type in your rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search rego, the number two, and oil and find out. So by Bathurst, is there any hint that, because you had a two-year deal, didn't you? Yep. So you're thinking, we're getting going now, I'm starting yeah, to find a way, we're getting a couple of results. And they can see that I'm going and, you know, next year is going to be good. We're going to really hit the ground running. When did you get yeah. a sniff that they're in the market for a young bloke? Oh, I, I, I knew, oh, I had inklings over the course of the year because, you know, people don't go into the back of a certain motorhome for no reason when they don't really know each other. So I've seen the revolving door happening, um, but I was... I didn't ignore it. It sort of spurred me on. I thought, you know, the only way that I can stop someone else trying to pinch me drive is by keeping it. Do well. And so I left Bathurst, I have to say, pretty comfortable that I had done what I needed to do to show them that, you know, the work that I've done in the last few months was working. Like I'm, I'm going that way, not that way anymore. Mm. Qualifying starting to improve. Um, the racing starting to improve. I'm taking the championship seriously. Um, Roland made it very clear that they were a championship team that wanted to win championships and Bathurst. Um, so it just took me a while to get me head into that space because I was never really a championship driver dri- prior to that. Um, so yeah, I thought we were rolling. I thought we were. I thought we were really getting momentum for the next year, and so I was. I was fully blindsided. So was this after the year had ended or before the season had ended? Um, it was – I went in on a Tuesday after Bathurst. Um, Roland asked me to come in. I went in and had a meeting with himself, I think Peter Peter Butley. Who was one of the other co-owners at the one time. One of the, the other co- yep. co-owners at the time. And we'd had a discussion and um, it was a pretty emotional discussion. But I thought it was pretty much just that, a discussion. Um, you know, I we'd spoken about – you know, everything up to Bathurst and how well I'd gone. But, you know, there was a comment from Roland where he was critical that I was the reason Craig wasn't winning the championship. And because you weren't pushing him hard enough? Because I crashed the car at the start of the year and I took up the team's resources to A, fix it and build another car. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went and crashed again at (laughs) Oran Park after they'd given it back to me, so... Um, you know, I couldn't argue with that. Um, but I could also argue to the fact that you can see now that I'm taking this championship mm. thing seriously and all that, you know. Unfortunately for me, I think it was just a little bit too late. Mm. Um, I would think around Shanghai when we went over to China that year, that was probably the time when Wing Cup announced himself. Because he had a really good weekend for Tasman, I remember. And I reckon yeah. from that moment onwards, Roland wanted him mm. and... Um, you know, because it was such a different weekend and we were bussing back and forth to the track, you actually um, got to meet different people and sit with different people on the way to the that track. you normally wouldn't because you're driving and, your own hire cars you know, and all that stuff, yeah. Roland and Wink Up somehow during the weekend got together and got to know each other and, you know, he went and finished on the podium that weekend and had a really strong result um, and I think Roland being the t- sort of talent scout that he is, Seen something there. Mm. Um, and, then, and then Jamie has a Bathurst and Sandown like you'd had a few years ago where he yep. on the podium a couple of times with yep. Tasman with Jason Richards. Yeah, and in front of me and, you know, mm. I look back at it all now and the writing, the writing was there. I, I didn't see it. Mm. But I, I think, you know, Shanghai was around the time and that was the middle of the season um, when Roland had made up his mind that he was probably going to replace me. He might say something different. I don't know. Um, I don't know when they did the deal with Wink Up. I got no idea when they did that. But the following Friday after Bathurst was when I got a phone call to, to tell me that I wasn't wasn't going to be there the following year, mm. um, which just shattered me. <laughs> mm. oh, I remember <laughs> absolutely shattered me. A, a couple of years ago, we did a chat for the Supercars website, and I looked it up before I came to see you today, and the quote was, "You lost your soul." Yeah. Yeah, you know. So if the Longhurst thing was a kick in the guts, like and, the, ripped, and the DJR ripped straight out of me, this yeah. one was the one that really, yeah. really stung. Yeah. yeah, I struggled after that, mm. um, and I took the drive with Paul. 
I won't say I, I, I don't regret it. I, I enjoyed it. So just to rewind though, was there an enduro drive on the table at Triple Eight and because you were so hurt you'd, you'd turned it down? <laughs> yes, there was. Hmm. Um, Roland offered me the endurance drive and I just couldn't bring myself to doing it. Because you felt so gutted to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I don't have any regrets. I have I have one. <laughs> um, whereas I just should have swallowed my pride and accepted Roland's offer and driven for Triple Eight in the endurance races. And had a really good car and who knows what could happen. Yep. Mm. Yep. It was probably still the opportunity that I was looking for to still win Bathurst. Mm. Um, but, you know, I knocked it back and it's it's a regret. Mm. Um, I, I know that I should have taken that drive. Mm. And I probably knew straight away that I should have taken it too. I was disappointed with Triple Eight for not pairing Craig and I up in 2005. I, that was a kick in the guts to me. I don't know who, whether that was Craig or Roland, but that disappointed me a little bit. Mm. I found that hard to overcome nothing against adam don't don't think that there's no. anything against adam I, I really enjoy driving with adam i've known like you go back to the oakley go-kart club i've known adam since he was you know that <laughs> big his dad used to build my engines um so you know i was so happy to do that with with adam but you know i i always say that will would never have hit craig's windscreen if i was in the car with him because we would have been that far up the road <laughs> 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 that um I don't think anyone would have really seen us. I don't. I don't understand the decision. Mm. Because for those who might not remember, Ivan Muller, the Frenchman, came out yep. who driven for Triple Eight in the Vauxhalls in Britain, and he drove with Craig and Adam drove with you in, yep. in the other car. So, yep. and that was before the rule was that you had to be split. You could run your main game guys. I think it together. was a couple of years before. Yeah, yeah it wasn't until oh nine. Craig and Craig and Wing Cup. They won three in a row together. Won, won the next and, year, and they changed the rule pretty much off the back of these guys winning yep. all the time. So, well, Roland had said to me that he doesn't think that the two best drivers in the team should pair together, that one driver's attached to a car and that driver should stay in that car all year. Um, and I didn't necessarily disagree with him, but the point was that you could put Craig and I together. Mm. And I don't understand what world they decided that that wasn't going to happen. And like I say, you know, there's only two people who can answer that. And mm. I, I've got no idea why they decided to, to do what they did that year. Um, but that's what they did, and um, um, I, it cost us Bathurst. <laughs> mm. So you you knock it back. You go with the dude. So yep. you spent a couple of years co-driving the Ciro cars, which were yep. good to have good cars. Like the, the a, first year, we went really well. Yeah, a couple we, of we, top six, sevens, sort of. Yeah, I think we finished six the first year, but um, podium was definitely on. We just yeah, the the, the car had a bit of an issue off memory. Restarts from safety cars. I think the brake pedal would go long, and it would take a couple of laps to get the confidence back. And by that time, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all it was. Other mm. than that, the car was really good, mm. really fast. You said that we talked a bit before about the the you know lost your you know you lost it, that kicked you so hard the triple eight thing that you did the enduros for two years with the dude, one year with with GRM, a little bit of Carrera Cup. I remember too. Yeah, Carrera Cup had, there had in '06. Big, the passion for it kind of started to – the light was flickering to go oh. – It was. It had to be because I had um, pretty much done a deal with Gary Rogers at the start of 2006 to drive for him full-time for the season um, and I knocked that back based on money. Um, you know, I thought I'd been around long enough now to warrant – I.e. they wanted you to bring money. No, no, the, Gary was going to pay me. Yep. Um, but the money that was on offer just wasn't on at the level that I needed with a young family and at the age that I was at and where we were going in our lives. It was like, you know, if I take that, I'd have to, I'd have to go and work on the side. And to be at that level, you, you've got to be at that level. You can't and be the, trying to make money it, elsewhere. Yeah, the difference is, you know, a lot of the young drivers going through GRM are single only you know, <laughs> like they were young, young blokes who young. want the opportunity, whereas you're and in a different situation. In your I life. think you know. At the end of the day, I knocked the drive back for the reasons of money, but I think looking back at it now, I reckon I 
I had the, the two thinkings, like I'm not sure I 100% had my heart and soul in a full-time year anymore and um, the money. Mm. And I think Lee Holdsworth was the um, other guy that Gary was toying with. And so I said to Gary, you know, go and grab a young kid and pay him that. Mm. He'd be stoked with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And go that way and... You'll have someone living in Melbourne. You won't have to worry about me up here on the Gold Coast because he loves having having his driver's hands on. Yep, always has. Look, to be honest, I've got a lot of respect for Gary, huge amount of respect. I really, really wanted to do it. Um, I really wanted to drive for him. But, yeah, in the end, mm. that was a decision I made and so I didn't do it. Um, but, you know, my last ever Bathurst was with Gary, so yeah, yeah. we finally did it. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I think that was you and... Ritter. Brig Ritter. 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 Yeah. So we talked Another the, name from the... Talked like, at the very start <laughs> about karting and here you are um, having a run in. Because right, I, am I right in remembering that they'd gone a Walkinshaw engines by that stage but your car had a GRM engine so yeah, it didn't quite have the, have the go. Yeah, the engine. So we were, compared to um, Caruso and Holdsworth, I think we were like one and a half seconds on the straights. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you can't... It's hard. Sand, was, was it Sandown? Oh, Philip, Philip, Philip Island, Island 500. Yeah. Uh, the car was good. Mm. Uh, we were able to compete there and it rained. So um, we were we were actually good there, but Bathurst had highlighted the engine problems. Mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd ever gone to Bathurst where I felt like I was there making up the numbers and I didn't like it. Mm. It, it, it really sucked. So did you know when you went and did that one that this yeah. is going to be it? Yeah, it's time. Mm. Yeah. It gets harder to do that one or two races a year without doing something else to mm. keep you rolling. So it's hard to just roll out too. Honestly, the year before when I – 97 when I drove out of Bathurst, when I'd driven with Paul and Paul crashed the car and um, I packed my bag and left before the race had finished, I – in my mind that day I was leaving Bathurst for the last time. Oh, really? So I didn't actually actively look for a drive the next year. Gary rang me. Out of the blue, mm. mid-August, I hadn't trained for six months. <laughs> um, I hadn't done anything, um, and I went on a four-week crash course. To get to. <laughs> um, but you know, look, Greg and I gave it everything we had. Um, where our times were consistent, we were close. Greg's um, probably one of the most talented drivers I've ever come across. Never to go on. Um, so look. I was happy, happy in a way to finish driving for Gary, driving with Greg, who's someone I got a huge amount of respect for, and um, I had a great time. I, I really, really enjoyed working with Lee and and Michael Caruso, Lee Holdsworth, and um, I had a really good time. Mm. It was a, I knew when I walked out of Bathurst in 08, though that I wasn't going to go back. Mm. Um, just I'm not a making up the numbers sort of a guy. Well, not in October because you have been back at Easter. That's though, right. Though. That's so, right. So racing sort of ends. Yep, what, what do you, you – you've got to – you know, the, the family business is there to do. But you, you ended up – because I'm sitting in your kitchen table and I'm looking out and I see some horses down yep, there. Yep, And horses. that reminds me of a chat that I had with you some years ago of the business that you and your – Yep. Your wife went into it was was it a Horseland horse franchise? Land franchise so yeah. For those who, I mean, I'm not a horse guy. I've got to say, <laughs> but it's horse gear stuff. Yes. Yeah. So yep. that was saddlery. Yeah. Yep. So we ran that for seven years. So basically, my plan was I I got out of after after I said no to Gary Rogers in '06. Um, I said to Kerry, I'm sick of this motor racing one year by one year thing. Um, so what I want to do is I want to get a business. We'll put a couple of years into it and then I'm going racing again. So I thought I'm going to have a couple of years off. I'll keep my hand in the Enduros and I will actively search for a drive, full-time drive again in a couple of years' time just to regather myself, get myself back, put a couple of years into this business, get that going so that supports the family and then I can go and find a full-time drive. But the... The mojo just never came back to go and find a mm. find a drive. So, the reasons for getting the business in the first place never eventuated, and we ended up running that for seven years. And we got out of that in two thousand and fourteen, 
Um, and then I took a job at Chelgrave, which is a family business that my dad started 43 years ago. And So you'd not had you worked at all for Chelgrave in that whole period? Um, very briefly before I moved to Queensland. Right, as a young bloke. Yeah, I did my apprenticeship through there. And the last six months before I moved up here, I had started assisting the sales reps. Mm. So I was being brought up through mm. the business, but then motor racing stopped it. Um, so, yeah, I, I took that on. I became the CEO of that and I have been ever since. So <laughs> um, the only motorsport we did in between that was my boys, Dalton and Tristan, both race go-karts. You became and a karting dad going around the country, yeah, the towing dad, stuff around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, then in 2000, around 2013, I decided that I would give karting another crack and I got back involved and started <laughs> racing myself. It's like this big fishing rod that just hooks you and you're like, oh, I'm back. Uh-huh. Uh, I went and did the Rotax Pro Tour in 2014 and qualified through that series to go and race in Spain in the World Championships um, and finished seventh in the, in the world in DD2 Masters. So Not bad. Um, Showed the old dog still had some tricks. <laughs> and also that year in 2014, it was probably one of the, um, the greatest moments of appreciation to myself that I'd ever come across. And I won the Jason Richards Memorial Award in the Pro- Rotax Pro Tour that year. And I was really humbled to, to, to receive such an award because I knew Jason quite well. He was a top bloke and um, to win his award was... It was really humbling. I, it was one of the greatest things to happen to me. I was going to say, you just reminded me, there was one stage, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, 05-ish I think it was. Do you remember we went to Gladstone in Queensland? Yes. This is a great story. Yeah, my good mate Gavin Dikonoski. Yep, Gavin, who, yep. <laughs> who, who called me and called a bunch of you drivers because yep. there'd been a tsunami and he was going to put on a karting event to raise bucks. And I actually thought, this bloke is going large. Yep. Like He was, uh, he did. <laughs> I'm trying to remember yourself, JR, and that's why it's, it, it yeah, triggers because JR And Jason there. and Gavin actually formed a very strong bond. They did, yeah. Through that as well. Yeah. Yep. Tanda was there, the big fellow was there. Tanda was there. I reckon Dave Bernard was there. Paul Wheel maybe as well I yeah, think Paul was part Wheel of that. Yeah, probably there. I didn't go and look up the list before I came to see you, but I definitely remember that you were there. But yep. the so Gladstone – you know, it's not big. It's not a huge place. No. Local cart club. They're putting on an event, uh, putting on a race meeting, and then I, th- I knew that he had done some big things when the RAAF did a flyover at a karting event yep. because Amberley wasn't that far away. <laughs> and I remember standing there thinking, "Holy crap! <laughs> this is kind of a big deal." And they raised a pile of money. It was yep. a really cool thing. Yep. I really remember it vividly, yep. and it's you know. Well, yep. 15 plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still really, really good friends with Gavin and Sandra and, and his son Matt and we still see each other often. They were actually at Bathurst this year and at Easter supporting us. So, um, yeah, a great event, great people and, yeah, you wouldn't think in your wildest dreams that you could put an event like that together in Gladstone <laughs> and get those people there and have the night that we had. It was awesome. It was, it was really, really good. good. Really good. It's, yeah. it's sort of one of those ones where – uh, it's amazing what can be achieved. Yep. And Gavin drove it. He drove it all the yep. way through to make that happen. So, And then I've got a funny feeling there was a bit of an after party and I might have woken up the next day feeling a little bit green. I, I wasn't going to mention it, but <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, I will say that that's probably the thing that stands out more than the yeah. uh, RAAF uh, Passover. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. now, great times. Good. It was good value. It was good value. Yep. So you mentioned before Tristan and Dalton going karting. Then they, they've got older car racings come on through. Yep. So that's what brought you back to because yep. you got the chance to race with your boys at Bathurst. The, yep. the six hours kind of become your Bathurst yep. where the, the October race used to be. Yep. But this is the one that's you know probably the more accessible one now to, yeah. to, to, to motorsport outside yeah. of the highly pro supercar type thing. So it's a cool thing that you've been able to do where you've done that for a few years now. Yeah, it's the greatest thing. Um, I had a, a goal my whole life um, that I had told many people that one day I would love to share a car with my boys at Bathurst, whether it was a supercar or whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, the boys raced cars for a long time. The transition to cars never happened 
And for, for Dalton and Tristan, it came later in life. So it was only a few years ago we, we went and put them into an XL um, to see how they go in a car. It's the modern HQ, isn't it, and really? <laughs> we did one XL race and did never wanted to go anywhere near it again. Um, and there was a su- suggestion we should go and talk to Barry Clinton and, and have a look at what he's got because we were thinking about production cars. So Barry, you know, good enough to him, organised a test day out at Morgan Park. We went out, put the boys in it, and, you know, they were they were hooked the second they drove out of pit lane. And they did some great things in that car. They won, you know, the Queensland State Series and everything that year. They and did really well. And it was probably around December that year that we decided we'd give the six-hour a go and that I decided that I'd probably, you know, this chance might not come around again. Mm. Um, so I'd dust off the, the helmet and um, go and do the six-hour with the boys. And it was a dream of mine for as long as I can remember and it's the single greatest weekend of motor racing I've I've ever had. I, racing with your boys, nothing beats it. Because mm. there's other sports, you can't do that. Like there's no, no AFL. Oh, there's fathers and sons, but they don't play might be able at the to same go into a time. Charity day or yeah, something yeah. to go and, to yeah, go and they, do some serious business together. They, yeah, they might play for the same club, but at different <laughs> times. But they never go out and play a grand final together. Yep. Like it's it's a pretty unique, cool thing that you you yep. get to. So you've done that for a couple of years. Yeah, we did now. it. We did it um, last year and this year. Um, and you know, circumstances surrounding, um, you know, my dad's. Death and everything a couple mm. of months ago has brought motor racing to a grinding halt mm. all of a sudden. So, mm. at this point in time, there's no absolutely no plans to do it next year. Mm. Um, I'm I'm probably content that I've done it with both the boys twice now. Um, this year was another one of the ones that got away. <laughs> <laughs> there's a theme here. We. Um, we had an insanely fast car this year. Well, well, the, the, and look, I'm certain, I did watch the race. The, it was like there was a virus going around the BMWs yeah, because they just yeah. were falling like flies. Yeah, a car just collected the wall and um, bent the steering and um, threw that. Um, once the once the steering wheel was around here, because um, those cars have got so much it, electronics. It, it, and we're talking what degrees of – because people can't see the hands oh. that you just put up there. She's steering what, a bit. What's that, of, nearly 45 degrees or yeah, something? It's not good. Way around. It's not good. No, and the car was crabbing going up the straight. That's not good either. But because of that, um, these cars, because they've got so many and, – and it's a production car. Um, so the left front wheel speed sensor told itself that it was broken. And so we had, we, we had traction control on – um, you know, which was probably costing us about two and a half seconds a lap, but it would immediately turn itself off. Oh, <laughs> and so you'd be coming around a corner like turn two, thinking that you're right, traction control's on, and all of a sudden you're sideways because yeah, it's off, and it's turned itself off because oh. it thinks the it thinks the wheel speed sensors yeah. fixed itself. So um, it was crazy, but um, you know, the car was car was really fast, and um, you know, Dalton qualified that car fourth in front of. Regular V8 supercar drivers, um, so we had we had really good speed. Mm. We had really good speed. Yeah. One day you might. Well, if you don't get back there, I'm sure the boys will at some yeah, point. I don't know. So I, are you are you a good team manager type? Are you good on the headset, or is it a case of I'm just going to stand back? Here I've because- thought about it. It's like you know, if I don't go as a driver next year, maybe um, you know, if if the boys race or one of the boys race or whatever, we manage to get together for them. Um, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, I've not been on the other side of it. Well, um, you got a bit of experience to bring to the table here, so yeah, yeah, I have. And it's funny how going back there last year, but this year, last year I was rusty, but this year I drove much better. I was right on it this year. It was like almost felt like having the old Steve back at Bathurst. Oh, look out! I felt pretty good. Dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous because it's a bug and um, <laughs> here I am saying I mightn't drive there next year but now that we're talking about it, it's like – Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm at that end of my career now that if it costs money to go get, get the boys into a seat at Bathurst next year, I'd rather the boys to be in a seat at Bathurst next year than me. Mm. Um, they've got further to go in their careers – 
And, you know, Dalton's very, very talented and I think it would be a real shame if his talent goes untapped for the rest of his career. You know, someone's got to give him a go somewhere and put him in a car and see what he can do. Mm. And, um, you know, if they do, there's a guy there, There's a guy sitting there that's just um, primed to help a supercar team or something win Bathurst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's very good. And I'm not knocking Tristan. Tristan's very good too. And Dalton's just got this natural talent. We'll wait and, he, and see. He showed that by qualifying how he qualified and in qualifying in front of who he qualified in front of this year at Bathurst. Always a good mm. marking stuff. Yeah. A um, couple of things before we finish. Got some National Motor Racing Museum catch racer questions from yep. our, our readers and our listeners. Yep. Oh, you've spied these. You had a look online, didn't you? You've done a preview oh, of these. I got on there and had a little bit of a, oh, a, little yeah, bit okay. of a look. I don't want to be tricked. No. Well, well, you've, <laughs> well the, I'm not tricking you. The, I think we might have covered oh, a few oh, of them. You're right. The first three that I've got down here weren't covered. Um, the fourth one was, yeah, we've covered that. So Matthew Evans, am I, well, He's asking about the BMX days with Diamond Black. So were you, like a, Black. were you a factory rider? I was, yeah. I was sponsored by Diamond Black around 81, 82, 83, I think. Yeah, so I was, a, I was a full works Diamond Black works. rider. Works. There you go. Yeah, and there's posters to prove it. Is there really? <laughs> were you on their posters? Oh, somewhere, yeah. Oh, got I've find- actually still got my bike, so they're over in the shed and um, my, f- my old race suit and everything, I've still got it all. Oh, that leads really well. Actually, no, I'll, I'll get to the memorabilia in a minute, but um, I reckon every question that I had here we have covered off in yep. the chat, so it's not worth asking it. But we love, you know, you follow a little bit of what we do, the V8 Sleuth thing. We've tracked the history of the cars. We love the memorabilia. We love yep. the history of the heritage stuff. Yep. So when I lobbed at your place today, I can see a helmet cabinet over yep. there. There's a few helmets in yep. there. my helmet cabinet. Uh, you're, and you, you said about keeping the BMX bikes. and all that. Are, you, are you a memorabilia keeper from your career? Have you kept stuff that's yeah. suits and helmets and knickknacks? I've probably online? got one race suit from every season. Um, some helmets I I lost over the time. Um, but, yeah, I've got – I've got a collection of gloves and boots and I've got a bag somewhere with, with a heap of stuff in it um, and eventually, you know, I've got a shed over the other side of my house so eventually I'm going to set my office and everything up over there and I'll I'll start displaying everything. So, um, you know, I went through a lot of years where I – walking away from the sport was e- easier than being half away mm. and so I actually just walked away and I, I, I didn't even go to a racetrack for a long time so – I didn't look at any memorabilia. I didn't want trophies anywhere. I just wanted to get away. Mm. Um, now I want it all. So. Yeah. <laughs> but the good um, thing is, it's there. I've got it. Rather than oh, I've got rid of it all. It's yeah. I would love to have um, owned. I would love to have owned some of the old cars. You beat me to my years. next question. Yeah. If you could, all right. If you could have any of the cars from over the period, which car would you be? After? Oh, look, the O three car definitely. And we we actually looked at it when it was for sale, 12, 18 months ago, whatever it was. Um, but um, I, you know, the, the guy wanted too much money and we weren't willing to, to part with that much money just for a sentimental. Mm, mm. Um, but the guy that's brought it now is a really nice bloke and uh, I'm really happy he's got it. And I caught up with the car last year um, when it was in the museum at Bathurst and, um, yeah, it was a great, great blast from the past. It was good to see it again. I also know too that you're – your first AU that was the first of your super cheap cars that got reskinned as a BA as a ride car later yes, on. That's, that's right. That's being put back to an AU right. um, by a guy down in Victoria. So, yeah, so they're, they're okay. still around the Steve Ellery might, racing cars. I might have known that. I get contacted now and then from people asking for paint codes and yeah, things. But yeah. We get that too. I don't have <laughs> anything. We, we didn't keep anything. Nothing? Uh, no, no, we didn't keep any of the, all the records and that. Oh, I don't, don't know tell if, me that. That's the worst thing I don't know if Dad did and I don't know if I'm going to, you know, over the time when we go through all this stuff, whether I'm going to unearth Oh, some you things, might find all sorts of set-up sheets and <laughs> laptops and – What, before we knew about um, corner, corner weights. Corner weights. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Uh, well, well, yeah, no, the, the, the O3 car, if, if, if you said to me if I wanted to own a car and have it over there, that's the, the O3 car definitely. Mm. It's, it's probably the only one too. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. a really cool thing. That's a really cool thing. Um, I didn't cover this off before, but the little last point on the triple eight thing. Does the fact that the guy that they got 
went on to become the 120-something race winner, seven-time champion. I hate the GOAT term. I just don't <laughs> like it. But he is the most winning driver in the history of the championship. Yep. If it had been a guy who'd rolled in and took that seat, lasted a year or two, was out the door versus the Jamie Wincup career, would that have – does it change it for you at all? Or do you look at it and go, look, the guy uh, that they got went on to do that and you go, all right, well. Now I look back at it, you know, clearly they got it right, didn't they? Mm. Um, I don't know what I was going to do in that car over the next few years. Could I have done that? Who knows? I don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I actually look back at it now as if I had something to do with it. Um, like that car was well organised by the time he jumped in it. And, you know, Mark, like I say, Mark Dutton and I had worked really well together. So I thought the 88 crew um, were, were really ready. Mm. And so, you know, Jamie jumped in a, in a really good package straight up. Mm. He, he had a very good package. And, um, you know, I had something to do with getting that package together. So, you know, I can look back at that, you know, I'm not – it doesn't hurt me that it was Jamie and doesn't make me any happier that it was Jamie but – you know, I watched his career and it was a privilege to watch him. Mm. And, you know, um, he he got that drive, he did what he did and he proved himself. So, you know, that's the way that it goes. Mm. You still watch the supercar? I mean, you talked about not following the sport there for a while, but you're a regular viewer, you're keeping in touch with who, what, when, where a little bit? Yeah, I'm regular now. My, my son Tristan's um, best mates with Chaz Mostert um, and I've known Chaz since he was a – a little seven-year-old or eight-year-old. Did or he have it was. bad haircuts then as well? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. always had big hair. <laughs> <laughs> but Chaz is a great kid. I've got an enormous amount of time for. Um, and so, you know, I'm a Chaz fan. Um, but, you know, sentimentally I have um, very, very good friendships within the Johnson family. Um, like Kelly and us as a family, we're, 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 we're very good friends um, Steve and Bree and Jet and Lace, you know, we're really good friends with them. Um, and I get along very well with Dick and Jill. Um, and I feel like that I'm a part of their family. So I also support DJR. Um, but yeah, really, that's who I keep an eye on. Mm. Man, it's been a great chat. We've covered so much ground. It's, yeah. it's, Thanks for opening up about some of that stuff too. That I know you probably haven't gone into that depth within the. No, I haven't in the before. Past There's before, a few things so. that I've. I opened up on that yeah. I haven't really opened up on before. So Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I love that you've, you know, it's like a fishing rod motor racing. <laughs> Just when you've gone swimming off down the river to get away from it, yep. it finds a way to hook it back. Yep. I'm glad that it hooked you back. I'm glad that you're back in love with the sport and yep. you've competed and you're yep. you, you connected to it because I think it's important that, yeah, the current sport connects itself, which is what we do. Like yep. it's sleuth to connect to the past because I don't reckon you know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So, that's right. That's mate, right. It's been a really great experience, career, all of the stuff that you've you've gone through. Yep. We talked about the roller coaster. I think that's really <laughs> summed up the role. Yours is a yeah, roller we'll coaster because it, it absolutely was. But there's more bad than good in motor racing for everyone along the way. But the good was great. So. Yep. Be proud of your body of work. It's really cool and, and thanks for sitting down with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I am. I'm very, very proud of um, what we were able to achieve. And, you know, today I don't look back at 2005 and and then leaving Bathurst at 2008 with any hurt. Um, I'm, I'm fine with it all um, and I'm really, really proud of what I was able to achieve from a young kid that went hire carding once and, <laughs> and managed to manage to do all that. And um, but again, I really thank you for having me. I, I thank you for letting me tell my story. There it is, Steve Allery, part two done of the V8 Salute podcast, powered by Repco. A big thank you too to Steve and his wife Kerry for hosting me too. I really appreciate our guests opening up their homes for me to visit and do these chats. They don't have to do that, but I really appreciate it because it's a great environment to do these uh, podcast interviews in. So again, to Stephen Carey, thank you so much. I hope to all our listeners that you enjoyed this episode and the previous episode of the pod. We've had a massive year in 2022. It's been our biggest ever for listeners and download numbers. So thank you for continuing to tune in every week. I thoroughly enjoy bringing these podcasts to you as well. 
Now, we've got plenty more great chats coming for the rest of this year, but we've already got 2023 underway. So if you've got some guest suggestions or maybe a topic suggestion or even a question for a Q&A, send it to us via the contact page on the v8sleuth.com.au website, and there's a link in the show notes as well. Right, that's me done. Thanks for tuning in. If you've missed any of our episodes, please head back through our archive of episodes. There's now over 250 for you to go through. If you've just started listening to the pod, you've got a long way to catch up. The good news is there's something new every week. Right, that's us done. I'll chat with you next time on the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.